You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Lisa Wysocki. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 8th, episode 3115, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. And away we go. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today while Glenn is out on vacation, probably adhered to a life raft as his cruise ship has (laughs) (laughs) gone down in the ocean. (laughs) They're shooting flares as we speak. (laughs) Now, Glenn is on a cruise and... For those who listen, I'm not a fan. So anyway, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably not true, but it could be. So we'll find out, I guess, at the end of the week. And it's a great way to to make the rest of us feel great about not being on a cruise. Exactly. Are you a cruiser? Do you like being on giant boats in the middle of the ocean? No. um, I like being on boats in lakes, but not middle of the ocean where I can't see land. It's a little freaky to me. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said it last week. I was listening. Basically, cruise ships are like malls that float. Yes. It's like being in a mall. That doesn't sound at all like a hotel on top of a mall or vice versa that float in the ocean. Oh, cool. (laughs) But so many people really love it. I I mean, really do. It it makes a whole lot of sense to some people. (laughs) Like, yeah. why would it be fun? That sounds, yeah. it sounds, the idea is there. But <laughs> I'd rather sit in a cabin on top of a mountain and just do nothing. You know, we all have our things. Yeah, That's we fine. do. They we like do. To, they like to cruise. Um, <laughs> well, today on the show, we are going to talk about, let's see, we're going to talk about Newfoundland ponies. I only really know much about Newfoundland dogs, so this will be interesting. Uh, We're going to talk to them. We've got some weird news. I've also, because Glenn was supposed to do a Horses in History segment, and he left and left this sponsored section for the show about Horses in History and didn't leave Horses in History. So I am going to do a little bit of horses in history and uh, also, you know, some weird news. So Lisa, uh, thanks so much for coming on and filling in for Glenn and being here. And uh, we'll get started with some daily winnies. So Jamie, my daily winnie goes to Kim light. She is our program manager at Colby's army and she had a birthday on Saturday, a little bit of a a back history here. Her husband is working an out of state job. So for her birthday, she wanted to drive 10 hours to go see her husband. um, And she was going to take the whole week off. And she got there. She drove 10 hours on Saturday on Sunday morning. Her mother who is in her upper seventies called and said she, broken her arm. So Kim turned right back around and drove back 
back to Tennessee and her mom's having surgery as we speak. Aww. So I, I know, I mean, what a way to do, you know, what a birthday. So anyway, I just wanted to give her a little love and, and send her a little support. And thanks for ruining you know. my birthday, mom. Exactly. Jeez. <laughs> so, so she's going to have to take her, her birthday time with her husband um, on another, another week. All right. Well, along with Lisa's birthday, Winnie, we'll go with Shay Abelson, Roxana White, and Marie Cornell. And uh, these are the names that Glenn left for me. So hopefully we didn't forget anybody. Happy birthday. Also, I, I sustained an injury yesterday, Lisa. Oh, no. Oh, no. I did. So it's it's raining and has been pouring for like two days and um, still raining. And um, so... We have all of our round bales are in a shed, like a big running shed. And the point of the running shed is for horses to have a run in. Right. And we've now, but, but like we had to wall it off because we had the hay in there, but we've used enough of the hay where I'm like, we can, you know, like bring the panels in and, and open some of it up for the horses to use as a running shed. Okay. Sounds, sounds normal. So husband and I are out there and, and, and let me, let me just give him a little pat on the back before I strip it away. Um, (laughs) that he is so like, so kind to go with all these whims where I'm like, we need to move all these panels. The horses can come out of the rain. And I'm like, I don't like them in the rain. And Effie's out there and she's getting wet. And that's how he's like, (laughs) fine. So we go to move the panels and, I don't know if there's many jobs on the farm that really test marriage more than dealing with hay and round bills and heavy things and all of that when one party is much stronger than the other party that is both participating in the same job. Okay. So we have to move a panel and this is a gate panel. So th- th- it's the panel with like the, the slide open gate. So it's, it's supremely heavy, Lisa. Supremely right, right. heavy. I, I have tried to lift those. Yes. I'm <sighs> totally aware of what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so it's already up and I have to like slide it forward. So Chad says, go up to the front and grab the front and walk it all the way up to the wall, basically. So we're going to adhere it to the wall. Okay. So he's got the back. I've got the front and it's, I somehow end up with the side with the gate. So I'm pulling it forward and he's like, okay, pull it all the way up. And I am wrestling with this gate and I've got my left arm like wound through it. And I'm like heaving it forward and I'm like, and it's kind of like going up a hill too. So I'm like heaving it forward. Allegedly, allegedly. This is a good word. Allegedly. mm -hmm, At some point he said, just wait. I did not hear just wait. I heard pull it up to the wall. So I continue to pull this thing up to the wall and uh, there's nobody on the back half <laughs> because allegedly somebody said, wait. And I mean, my blood pressure's in my ears. I'm heaving this thing up the hill. Well, um, without having uh, somebody on the backside of it, said gate panel starts to go down. Oh no. Now my arm is wound through it. 
and we're in this small shed. The dogs, of course, are with us. And as I've got my arm through this panel, it starts to go down and, and uh, like towards me. I'm at the front of it, so it's not going to follow me, but my arm is caught in the gate panel and it starts falling back. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God. And it falls down while my left shoulder is wrapped like through the, the, the bars. <clears throat> and there's nobody on the back. And oh, it falls no. down. It falls on Homer. He's fine. But guess who's not fine? As this heavy gate panel falls down and takes me down with it and my shoulder. I'm not okay. What happened? <laughs> so it just wrenched. Nothing broke. Uh, but it just wrenched all the, like, tore all the muscles across my sternum. And my collarbone is sore. And my shoulder and my neck. Because the whole thing, my left arm was wrapped through it. And it fell backwards. So imagine your left arm cradling something that then falls backwards. Oh. And as I'm talking to you, I'm, like, recreating what my left, I'm talking with my hands. And it hurts. <laughs> well, yes, yes. And, you know, honestly, I mean, so you're talking to someone, I've had like 50 plus broken bones in my lifetime, but strains and sprains and muscle pulls can be so much more painful than a break. I might have laid in a bubble bath last night with uh, <laughs> Epsom salts. I was like, it's good. Enough. I went to the barn to get Epsom salts and brought it back up to the house. I'm like, I got to soak. I need it. Mama needs to soak. Uh, yeah. So a bit of contention in this injury because um, somebody says they said, wait, but Allegedly. somebody else says they didn't hear that obviously, or they would have waited. And when, when it started to go down, why did somebody not heroically jump in and grab it? I don't know. Just, I don't they know. Just watched it go down. It's fine. It's fine. We're fine. It's fine. This, this could be a topic of discussion for some months to come. I can see I, this. He just yelled down. <laughs> I was holding the other panel. You're supposed to be holding this panel. <laughs> <laughs> so everything is fine. It's fine. I'm it's just, fine. I've got a lot of kinetic tape. I took a soak. I had, I'm yeah. on anti-inflammatories um, and all that. Yes. Anyway, it could have been worse, but um, it definitely sucks. And um, I think there's a contention and guilt that is yes. flowing through my home right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, work it. Work it while you can. Oh, man. Hey, hon, can I get some more coffee? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I can't carry coffee cup because my arm hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor Chad. Oh, yeah. Poor Chad. I mean, you're, you're just... the one who's hurt, but holy cow. <laughs> no, it's his fault, Lisa. Don't yes. side with him. <laughs> he did not say wait. He said pull it all the way up. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly said wait. It was not said. And yeah. there's no other witnesses aside from Homer who got hit <laughs> with the gate panel. And he's on my side. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well uh, hey um how, how's everything going at colby's army everything's good well sad and good I, I think a lot of people uh go to our facebook page sometimes and have seen pictures of our black and white tuxedo cat bob who uh recently passed away it was just horrendously tragic and we knew he had feline aids and he'd been deteriorating but the while we miss bob Really, I mean, every single moment of the day. Was he a mouser? Was he like Oh, a... yes. Oh, he would catch everything. And mice and rabbits and birds and snakes and frogs. And, you know, he just he just caught everything and, and was our greeter. He just he just loved everybody. Uh, but we have a new cat. 
Aww. a little tiny long-haired uh, brown tiger cat named Myla, and she's very friendly and very excited to be um, uh, exploring the the farm. But but Jamie, here's here's the issue: she has no fear of anything, and so I'll go out, and she's standing like between the front legs of a horse and rubbing herself on the horse's legs. What could possibly go wrong? Nothing, nothing, of course. You know, and our horses are just standing there, but I'm thinking, holy cow, she's a tiny little cat and she could just get squished, you know. Oh, that is so that, you know, in the same vein, we have this puppy, you know, Homer, who's now like eight months old, but he had an immense amount of fear of the horses when he was little. And now he's like, oh, you guys are so tough. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, no, no. No, you're going to get squished. So I know that stress of like, oh, God, because you don't want to like make a sudden movement no. and like grab the cat. Like you don't want because you're going to freak the horse out and then they're going to step on it. And then the cat's like sitting between the horse's legs and you're like, yes. kitty, kitty, come <laughs> <in> here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And she's in this, of course, this solid mud pile. The horses are standing in mud. And and so if I'm going to go out there, you know, I've got to get my mud boots on. And, and oh, it's just it's just scary. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just praying nothing happens to her. She's she's really sweet. And her name is Myla. Myla. What is that, what so is Myla from? comes from Myla in Latin means soldier, which is really good for Colby's army. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So she didn't well, have a name when we got her. So well, welcome to the family, Myla. Yes. All right. Well, hey, um, our first guest is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, the non-GMO corn nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. And we are going to talk to Emily, who is the executive director of the Newfoundland Pony Conservation Center. So, Emily, we're so excited that you're here uh, talking to us about the Newfoundland Pony Conservancy Center and the Newfoundland Ponies. I, for one, did not realize that there were so few of them around the world. Yes, it's it's really a shame, too. So, they're a wonderful animal, and I didn't know anything about them myself until I accidentally bought one back in 2008. That so happens to me all the time. I yeah. accidentally bought one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good yeah. excuse. Oops. Exactly. Exactly. And Look so what what happened? there's like there's like five hundred left and only mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty of breeding age. Yes. Mm-hmm. These, these are approximates. It's hard to, you know, get exact uh, details on them because they're kind of widespread now. Um and but in the United States there's less less than fifty. Wow. So tell us a little bit about the pony, because it's not a breed that, obviously, because there's not very many of them, but I don't think it's a breed that a lot of our people really know a lot about. That's true. And and the type of breed that it is, it doesn't really, it's different than what I've known as um, horses and ponies. They're, they're very different. So what is a Newfoundland pony? What makes them so unique is that they are what's called a land race and they still are a land race. They've never had improvements made to the breed. So how they were formed was when the settlers to the island of Newfoundland, which is a giant rock out in the middle of the ocean, about a nine-hour ferry ride off the coast of um, eastern the, the Maritimes in Nova Scotia, um, they were brought over by the settlers to help them settle the land. And um, there are a bunch of different mountain and moorland breeds, and over time, since they didn't fence them in, they fenced them out of their gardens, they interbred, and what could survive that harsh climate is what became the Newfoundland pony. So they are clearly a distinct breed, 
and they're also different than anything I've ever been around. Um, we call them a partner breed. So what does that mean? Because they're pretty much born joined up with you. They are very trusting. They are very smart. They are so easy to train. You know, they rarely spook, which is the weirdest thing to get used to. They're amazing. And with this, with this breed, less is more. We cannot really, you know, handle them like they're quarter horses. That's a good way to sour them. We, and I personally like to go with what they have. I listen to them and I keep it simple. And life is wonderful. So <laughs> they're I'm, just unique. Yeah, I'm looking at, at the website, uh, which is NewfoundlandPonies.org. Um, and these are smaller horses. These are, these are smaller ponies, correct? Well, they run from 11 hands to 14.2, which is you know the cutoff for horse size. Okay. Um, okay. But they have a horse mind, which is what's also unique about them. They don't really have that pony attitude. And in, in Newfoundland, they were always called horses. And they're what helped them survive out on that island. The yeah. ponies, yeah, they, without them, Newfoundlanders will say they would have uh, frozen or starved to death. They're just really amazing. And they're very strong for their size. Yeah. yeah and in, in, in looking at them, um, they've got some unusual face markings, some really large stars, and then some, some colors that are in the buckskin, dun, uh, even more of a cremello color that or a lighter palomino that it's really interesting that you really don't see a lot in some of the other breeds well so they don't have done they've done some testing on that and there is okay. no done but you're okay. you do see the black and the bays predominant yep. um and some grays uh and you we also have roans oh, let me back up to the stars because that's not real common um that's not real common they have a lot have a solid face and not very many white markings um and there's no white markings on the body and uh, so there, you never see like a paint or a pinto marking. Um, but they do have buckskin, so they do have the cream jean. And uh, they also have what's called, what we call a color changer, which is a roan, which is mm-hmm. crazy. I've never seen anything roan like them. So they're black all winter, very dark, right? Solid dark. And then in the spring, they roan out. But they continue to roan out. They shed a, a long white hair. Some of them are, are uh, bay roans. The others are, um, you know, the blue roans. I'm sorry about the noise there. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they do have a, a color called, um, we call it a color changer. It's the old way of saying it. basically it's a roan, but it's a really drastic roan. Yeah. So I knew of a one pony that he was very dark in the winter. He'd lighten up, be almost white all over with black points they'll have it changes like every five days the way that they're shedding out this white hair how their body markings are oh that's amazing in july yeah in july he'd turn black and then he'd do it again before winter (laughs) so it i always thought maybe it was to keep them cool you know but it's not if they're going to turn black in july yeah that's amazing amazing. so Mm -hmm. so there's only 500 of them um around the world what what is uh what are you and and the rest of the supporters doing to increase those numbers well we're trying to work together and um save lines and um keep them going the whole point the, the problem with this is so we're all stewards you know and we are we are responsible for bringing this breed into the future 
Our point of view is preservation. Genetically healthy, they're very diverse. They do not need to be in a grading up program. Um, and so once you do that, it's no longer the same animal. It's like starting over. If you're going to put them in a grading up program and add outside blood, you're also risking their genetic pool because modern horses have genetic disorders. The Newfoundland pony has none. So we have, and one of our, one of our stipulations is that you gotta be, you gotta breed. We don't have the choice of not breeding. And in this market and in, in this day and age, that's a tough thing. So we have to keep them going. So the people that are involved are very dedicated. So how many, how many new babies are born every year? I think last year was a banner year. I think there were 26 worldwide. It was huge. Um, Sometimes it's 10. We had, uh, nothing born uh, last year. We're not going to have any this year, but we're doing a lot of breeding um, this year coming up. So hopefully the following year. So I have a question. But, you know, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. No, where no. are the, you said worldwide, where are the majority of these horses living? Well, you would think they'd be in Newfoundland, but there's not that many in Newfoundland, which is a huge concern of ours. The majority of them are in Ontario. So what makes them, Ontario didn't make them, you know, North the United States didn't make them. Newfoundland made them. And they, it's really important to have your key uh, herd in the, in the motherland. You know, and it's also important for the registry to be there, um, the motherland, so where they're from. Keep a herd going and, and acclimated to the, the conditions there. But there's probably about 60 in um, Newfoundland. And unfortunately, um, people are still taking them off the island for their breeding programs. And that's not really helping the cause out there. Personally... I'd like to see Newfoundland do much more for tur- tourism with the Newfoundland pony. And we run into so many people that have been there. They haven't seen one. They want to see them. They really got to start thinking about something like Chincoteague, you know, and help the, help the people be able to afford to keep Newfoundland ponies on the island. And that would help a lot. Oh, yeah. I think that would be um, really interesting to, you know, go to Newfoundland and be able actually be able to see a Newfoundland pony. Um, yeah. So I, my, my question too is, is it looks from the photos that this is a really versatile breed that they're doing all different kinds of things. So if I had a pony, what would I, um, what, what would I be doing? Would I be driving this pony? Would it, would, you know, a child be riding it? All of the above, anything you want to do, they will do for you. Um, so they are very strong, like I said. So a small pony, gosh, we had a 13-hand one. She hauled half of a telephone pole. She just hunkered down and pulled it. I couldn't believe she did it. <laughs> but they, they will work their heart out for you. They're, like I said, they're a partner breed, and they like working. And training them is super easy, super easy. You just I actually had a mare um, harrowing a field at Sturbridge Village, in Massachusetts, and um, she had never had anything behind her, a working tool behind her, and we, we harrowed a field. I didn't ever do it either, and there was people watching. We just got up there and did it. That's amazing. So that's the, how they are. One of the questions yeah. that most people want to know when we do these breed highlights is, uh, can, first of all, can anybody own one of these? And second of all, if you were to buy a foal, what is the ballpark price of these horses? They're not expensive. About fifteen hundred dollars now. I mean, what? when I got involved, wow. yes. When when I got involved, um, there were hard, it was hard to find them homes because people thought they were mutts. Um, they're not. They're a mix. A land race is a is a mix of of different things. It ha- they happen in plants as well. 
and they were. They, they're a distinct breed. They breed true. And if you cross a Newfoundland pony with any other breed, you're going to get one that looks and has most of the mind of a Newfoundland pony. That's amazing. It, they're strong. The genetics Okay, strong. where can yeah. I find one? Because so, I clearly need one. Right. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can look in Ontario. Um, there's some ads up, you know, once in a while. Um, get online and uh, look up some of the Newfoundland pony groups that are out there. There's a few that that um, they're looking to rehome uh, ponies. But the problem is, is the fact that just anybody can buy them also puts the breed in danger because nobody wants to breed. And who wants to own a stallion? I have to tell you, the stallions are docile. When we, we used to give a lot of tours on our larger farm that we had, and I would bring the little kids in with stallions. Could you, can you believe that? <laughs> they were nicer than the mares. I mean, they are very docile. They live together. There's no such thing as that stallion behavior with these guys. It's that's crazy. Yeah, that's it's so, so we, interesting yeah. to, to learn all this information um, about yeah. a breed that I didn't really know anything about. I mean, I've heard of the Newfoundland Pony, but didn't really know anything. And um, so if uh, we want to get more information uh, about mm-hmm. this, where, where would we go? Well, you can go to our website, which is pretty uh, informative, but also the Newfoundland Pony Society in Newfoundland's uh, website, which is Newfoundlandpony. Dot com. None on Dreamhorse yeah. right now, but let's see. I'm going. No, no. <laughs> I think there's one out there for sale. But, you know, keep in touch with us even so, because we hear about them. And, and as we, we have a breeding program that's really growing, um, some exciting things that we're doing. Um, but we will have, there will be foals coming up. So, it looks they like they are to breeding homes. Easy keepers as well. So, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah, everybody needs one. Yeah. They do. Or two. Everybody needs one. Yeah, and this is kind of how horses I I see as how they used to be before we watered down the genetics. As we breed for one purpose or another, we don't know that we're throwing out good genes that can keep them healthy and survive winter and all this. So they didn't do that out in in Newfoundland. the, The nature of Newfoundland made them what they are. And if they weren't, tough enough they didn't survive yeah and so it's that type of breeding they're just amazing but the biggest threat to them is adding outside blood to them is breeding them for one purpose you change them mm-hmm. one of the problems with adding modern day um, uh, genetics mixing them or grading up you can easily add lethal genes and that has happened to some rare breeds and when you have numbers that that low they're not going to make it you right. cannot just right. breed that out. So it's so, really a scary thing. <laughs> so if anybody yeah. wants a Newfoundland pony and they want to be participating in everything, they just need to call you. Emily, the executive yeah. director of Newfoundland Pony Conservancy Center. Newfoundlandponies.org is the website. And uh, Emily is uh, ready to help you start your own breeding program. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I really am. My husband's <laughs> We're always going, looking. No, no, yeah. stop it. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it can't be accidental. No, not with this kind. We <laughs> accidentally. <that> <laughs> Apparently, you can. You bought one by accident. Sure. I didn't sure. mean to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They just yeah. show up. They just show up in yeah. your yard. Oh, and now there's and two. Actually, that's <laughs> most of everyone that we have was floating around the United States and not in the breeding program. So we kind of gathered them up and got them going. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Oh, that's great. It's just like it's all for somebody science. called me one day and told me what I had. I'm like, what? And they said, you have to breed. And I said, I haven't even bred a guppy. 
I have to believe <laughs> And it went from there. I even met my husband that way, too, through, not through the breeding, I mean, through, <laughs> through having ponies. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, well, been a, is... it's been a wild ride and a great life. So. Yeah, this has been great, and I'm so excited. And yeah. I'm, I'm just going to learn more. I'm going to go through these websites and, and check them out. And it's NewfoundlandPonies.org. And um, uh, the other one was, love... was Newfoundland Pony. NewfoundlandPony.com. Yeah, pony.com, yeah. yes. I yeah. think that my favorite thing ever said on the show is um, I've never even bred a guppy. <laughs> <laughs> I know what happened. <laughs> I didn't. But another breeder talked, helped me through, and uh, I learned quickly from some really good people. Awesome! And some really good great. Newfoundlanders too. Yeah, really, it's been it's been incredible. So that is great, Emily. Thank you so much for for sharing your knowledge and your time with us, and and uh, everybody go buy one. Okay, there you yeah. go. We Thanks. have twenty two, twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not for sale. Okay, thank you very much. See, she doesn't even remember how many she has. Yeah. They were so accidental. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, we, yeah. Well, we just had. We just found out about one yesterday. So um, it's going to be twenty-three. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, okay. thanks very much. Take care. Thanks, Emily. Bye, Emily. Thank you. Bye, bye. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed daily dose equine horse feeds. Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because daily dose equine horse feed are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com. It will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today. DailyDoseEquine.com online or Chewy.com. So Glenn usually does a Horses and History segment and was not, uh, did not leave us one to play. So I am just going to talk about a horse in history and one of my favorite horses in history, Secretariat. Now, Lisa, for those who may not know Secretariat is, just give us a brief, who is Secretariat? Wow, he was so amazing. He's a triple crown winner. And if nobody has seen his win at um, the Kentucky Derby where he ran like, I don't know, like 23 lengths ahead of the next horse. Uh, was it 1973 maybe? Or that 70? was the Belmont State. was the Belmont. Yeah. The Belmont. Yes, you're exactly right. The Belmont. Uh, look it up because it's the most amazing horse race you will ever see. It's just just amazing. But he he was the people's horse in, in, back in that tape because I remember, uh, I'm old enough that I remember watching this with my mother and my grandmother, but but he was he had the heart of the entire country, and uh, Penny Chenery, his owners, you know, there's just a story behind him. If you haven't seen the movie Secretariat, go watch it. But he truly was was the celebrity horse of the day and carried through. But you know, he didn't go on to be a big. Uh, racing sire. He went on to become a broodmare sire, and a lot of his mares sired. You know, a lot of super horses. So mm -hmm. uh, he's yeah. got he's got some really great great history and it's a great story and um 
glad you're talking about him. Yeah, he, he's, he still holds the fastest uh, Derby, Preakness, and Belmont. <clears throat> was owned by Penny Chenery, yes. an amazing uh, horsewoman. And, of course, there's the secretary of the movie, and uh, everybody should see that. Yeah. Now, um, w- w- there there was a, a big thing going on where in Norman, Oklahoma, which is where I live, there is a place called the Crucible. It's a foundry, and that's where a lot of the giant sculptures and statues and monuments are made. And um, uh, years ago, there was a secretariat monument that was being made here in Norman by a woman named Jocelyn Russell. And this was a giant secretariat monument that was planned to go to Versailles. Well, everybody said, you got to go interview this person. So I did. I booked an interview with her. I went and I got to see her while she was building secretariat. I got to actually advise her on the Jeez, because it was was too big for a stretched out gallop. Like it was like, they don't hang that low. Anyway, uh, so there are (laughs) photographs of me adjusting secretary sheath underneath it. I got to work on like getting some of the spots off the feet. It was really fun. Anyway, I became friends with this woman, Jocelyn Russell. She has since been back in town doing multiple things. She did some giraffes and I've, I've had her on the show a ton. Well, she has a new monument that she's doing. A new secretariat monument. And How cool is that? It's awesome. And so this secretariat monument, do you know the picture of him as a stallion? It's a very famous picture out of Claiborne Farms. Yes. Which yes, is... Yes, it just comes to mind. It's him galloping in the field. It's like full stretch in the field. And of course, it's years after he's you know, been there and he's thicker and he's fuller and he's a big breeding stallion and he's wearing a, a uh, secretary halter and he's just full gallop out in the pasture. And she has been tasked with making a monument of that moment off the top of my head. I can't think of where it's going, but it might be going to Claiborne farms. It's it's or maybe where he was born. I I can't remember. And please forgive me for not having that information. However, this is so cool. She's making this monument. It looks incredible. It's not here, Norman. She's it hasn't gone cast yet. She's still doing the foam and all the clay and all that. And looking at the picture, it looks exactly the same, except for he was wearing a halter in the picture. And, right. and, and he's not wearing a halter in the sculpture, in the monument. So there is one company that makes all of the halters for all of the thoroughbred farms. And I used to live there and I loved these halters. And now I, I always buy all of my farm halters come from this tiny little place in Paris, Kentucky called Quillen leather. Oh, I know Q- that place. Yes. yes. Q-U-I-L-L-I-N. They make the most amazing leather halters with nameplates on them. Yeah. They do everything, belts and keychains and all the, any, because there's so many different ways that they have to identify the horses in mm-hmm. Kentucky because there's like hundreds of bay thoroughbreds that yes. are yearlings out in the field. So they do all sorts of things. Anyway, Quillen made a secretariat halter and sent it to Jocelyn. And she is going to clay it and sculpt it and and take that. I think that I don't know exactly how this how it works, but she has got to where it's going to be that exact halter is going to be a part of the monument, which is so cool. And it looks great. It's one of those big quillin, you know, the quillin leather stud halters. Yeah. yeah. So they you know. did that. And then in that he always wore front shoes. 
at Claiborne. When he was a stallion, he always wore front shoes. So what did they do? She contacted Claiborne Farms and had a shoe made for this monument that was the shoe that they used to use in the 70s. They remade the exact replica of a shoe, and she is now putting it on the sculpture. See, I love this. I love this history, and I love this attention to detail. You know, you look at a sculpture or any piece of art, and you don't know the story behind it. And and this is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. So cool. And 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 to to look at the the sculpture, it just the monument, it looks exactly like it. And she'll post if you want to go follow her, you can see Jocelyn Russell, Secretary at Monument Facebook page. She will post pictures of it and she'll be like, Okay, what do you guys think? And somebody was like, His forelock isn't that bushy. And so she actually <laughs> trimmed down the forelock in mid gallop because she was like, they were like, Yeah, it looks a little too big and fluffy and blah blah blah. Anyway, so it's so cool. Like she actually likes people's input on these things like i mean yeah you would think an artist would be like whatever it's my sculpture i'm doing it my monument you leave me alone no she like takes input from everybody so that definitely so cool yeah go check it out it looks amazing and awesome and i just wanted to give a little uh give a little love to jocelyn hopefully it'll be cast here in the foundry and the crucible here in norman and i mean who knew something that cool happened in norman oklahoma i had no idea until this news story and this press release came out about the first one and since then she did wolves here in norman she's done um elephants she's done i mean these are huge and just the most amazing life-sized elephant monuments oh yeah wow yeah life-size and then the giraffes were life-size giraffes and it was a if you go look at her page uh, it's a life-size giraffe with a baby giraffe like underneath it It was absolutely oh i'm on it now oh this is this is really interesting yeah 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 I think the the monument that's in Versailles, and if anybody is thinking I'm pronouncing it wrong, that's how they say. That's exactly. yes, yes, I they can't, do. I can't help them. Um, <laughs> if anybody in Versailles, uh, it's one and a half size, so it is ginormous. This one I think is like one point one of Secretariat, so it's a little bit larger than life, and it is just it is phenomenal. So go check that out. Um, also. Well, before we get uh, to weird news, I've got to talk a little bit about Stateline Tech. Now, Lisa, Stateline Tech is is the commercial we do on Wednesdays. And typically for this commercial, Glenn and I will go on to Stateline Tech's Facebook uh, website, statelinetech.com, and go through and talk a little bit about certain items that are, we'll highlight some items that are for sale. But here's the problem, is last week, uh, we highlighted some items that I then purchased. (laughs) <laughs> and and I, a huge box came. And of course, there were blankets on clearance. Okay. The blankets that I use, and it's like they were free. And so, of course, a big box comes. And who, of course, gets the box? The husband. <laughs> of course. Of course. And that's he, the way that works. Yeah. And, and he opens the box. And he's like, really? Really? You bought horse blankets? We have horse blankets everywhere. And I'm like... Um, they were like, they were free. I mean, it was like so cheap. They were on clearance and I used them all the time. It's a very specific kind that I used. And I really, I wanted this. Anyway, point is I had to defend my life 
the fact that I was still purchasing horse blankets. Um, so, and I also bought Homer some stuff because <laughs> he doesn't need things. So I have been banned from going on Stateline Tech. So I need you to go to Stateline Tech right now. And I am there. Just talk about, okay, good. Cause I, I, I have to stay away. I'm there. So, so, you know, at Colby's Army, most of our riders ride English, but we do have some who ride Western, and we are desperately in need of Western saddles, and specifically a high-withered, wide-tree Western saddle, which I think maybe it doesn't exist because we can't find any, but I'm <laughs> looking I'm looking at some here on Stateline Tech that I, seriously, they are, <clears throat> they're on sale. I mean, you know, starting at, at Less than two hundred dollars on some of these saddles, you know, starting at two twenty nine, and and some of these saddles look like they might be an option. So I too may be getting a box <laughs> next week <laughs> because because they look like maybe something that might fit some of our horses. So who, whoever has a high withered, wide, wide bodied quarter horse if you can let me know if you have a western saddle that fits what kind that is they don't so, make those lisa i know because they don't make high withered wide body quarter horses is not a thing <laughs> well they make the horse they don't make the saddles to fit them. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 i'm looking at some here on state line tack that look like like they could fit and then the other thing is breeches you know I don't know, you know, you can ride in jeans or you can ride in whatever you want, but I just, I just find that I feel like I ride better if I'm wearing mm -hmm. breeches. And it, mm -hmm. it, to me, it doesn't matter if I'm riding English or Western. I just like to, to wear breeches and, and, you know, you go through them all the time. I wear them everywhere and, and man, they've got some great deals on, on some breeches right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at, at, um, you know, this box that's going to show up in my in my uh, in my yeah. yard I know they, and you're gonna you'll you'll find a way to get in trouble too so anybody wants to check all of these things out go to statelinetech.com again there's so many sales going on all the time it's like it's free it's like you're making money Lisa if you buy something well that's okay. that's a really good way to look at it you know and um you know I, I'm looking at just these amazing prices and thinking I, I've gotta I gotta come back to this after the show my grandma used to say, never pay retail. So I can't buy anything. My mother had me tricked as a child. We would go to the store and she says she didn't tell me this, that I just assumed it and she didn't stop me from assuming. But we would go to the store and my grandma, my grandmother worked at Riches for like a yeah. hundred years. She was a... Very well dressed, you know, uh, my, she just always lived so put together and so well dressed, but she never had the most expensive stuff. But what she did was she only shopped off the sale or clearance. Oh, racks. yeah. Yeah. And so as a child, we would go to the store and I'd be like, I really want this. Can I have this? Oh, it's not on sale because <laughs> I didn't think there wasn't a tag above it. Like I, I think it wasn't. For sale. Yes. And they tricked me. They and tricked now, you. now I can't buy stuff because it's not for sale. <laughs> Speaking of for sale, this is so mid-rise full seat breach starting at $31.99 was $99.99. So that I just ordered that. Ah. Just now. <laughs> just 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 now. So shopping cart. Just put I, it in the cart and revisit it up to I the mean, show. seriously, $40 to $60 off. I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm there. Go ahead. 
Go ahead, yeah. say it. Yeah. It's like it's free. It's like yeah. it's free. You're welcome. Uh, all right, everybody. <laughs> StateLineTech.com. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yes, it is that time of the week again where we discuss all the crazy people in the world and talk about weird news. And how this happens is, say you're reading a story, Lisa, and you're checking the news wherever you read the news and you see a story and you're like, oh, my God, that's so weird. (laughs) Send it to me, Jamie. If you see something weird, think of me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. And uh, we did have some participants this week. Have a seat. Here we go. Rochelle, Anna, JoLynn, Laureen, Monica, Sandy, Lori, Sarah, Summer, and Nicole all sent me weird news. Plus, I found some. I think Glenn sent me one. You know, it's a it's a family affair here. We all have to work together. And we're going to start in California. Now, you're in Tennessee right now, right? Absolutely. And, and our producer, George, is in F- Florida. Florida. So we'll see if we hit any one of those spaces. Uh, but first, we're going to California because in Glen Allen, California, these people owned a like a VRBO, a vacation rental. And they had to have, I guess in California, they had to have an, had the house inspected for mealworms in December. And so he cut a, uh, the inspector, his name is Nick Castro, cut a hole in the bedroom wall uh, to inspect for the mealworms. I don't even know what those are, but it sounds gross. I was going to uh, ask you what they were. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> sounds stupid. <laughs> I, I don't know. It sounds gross and I hope they're not in my house. Um, so he cut the hole in the wall, like a little square. And you can kind of see the picture because there's a video of this. And it's probably just six inches uh, off the ground. Oh, my God. Something came pouring out of the hole. What? It's not as gross as you think. Acorns. Acorns came pouring out of the hole. Turns out there are these woodpeckers. They're called acorn woodpeckers. And they... uh, fly around and they pick up acorns and what they do is they go to trees and they like kind of like peck a little hole in the tree and start stuffing the acorns into the trees and uh, there's no uh trees around anymore they're having to get creative (laughs) oh so So, they come back then and eat them uh they does not look like they spent much time coming back it seems like they're hoarders um so apparently this has happened at this house before and the previous owners had dealt with this. The siding was destroyed because the woodpeckers were stashing acorns behind the trim. So they wrapped the house in vinyl. Okay. And then, <laughs> then the woodpeckers couldn't get inside. So what did they do? They found the chimney stack and like next to the chimney, dug a hole in there and started dropping the wood, the, the acorns down in this hole and it would travel all the way down the side of the chimney into the walls. Okay. They pulled out seven full trash bags of acorns. Seven, eight, eight garbage bags full of the acorns 
they said they could barely pick up the bags. They were so full. And they, they this has been going on for two to five years. However, they couldn't get, and this is the explanation of why they didn't eat them. Uh, it was covered by fiberglass and then like rat poos, oh, rats in the oh, walls, all oh. sorts of fun things. Um, yeah. Well, I so, think I might, might want to move. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. Burn or it plant down. Plant some treats, or plant some trees. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, there you go. So oh. there in California, you can have fun things like acorn woodpeckers. You know, they're so persistent. <laughs> really, really <laughs> gave it. Yeah. All right. Next story. Now, Lisa, you spend a lot of time in Minnesota. Oh, yeah? absolutely. You're kind yep. of from there. I am from there, and I'm there regularly. So this this sounds a little ominous, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, Natalie Brummer, she is an Eagle Lake resident. She's 36 years old. She um, has been with the same man for 11 years. And um, I mean, I you would think that that's normal. Well, her and her significant other decided to go to the local pub bar. I don't know what they call them in Minnesota. The bar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So they went to the bar and I guess things did not go well. Somebody might've been drinking a little too much. So I guess they come home from the bar and I, I guess they had some sort of Uber driver who had them in the back of the car. And I guess she was very upset uh, and was hitting her partner in the face and spitting in his face on the drive home. And uh, then they got home and they went inside. And that's yeah. when the assault really started. Uh, this is the police reporting that he was then hit in the head with a whole chicken. What? <laughs> she beat her boyfriend with a chicken. A live chicken or a... No, like a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> it was already cooked. What a waste. A very unusual weapon of choice, one would oh, think. Oh, my goodness. The police are saying that um, the victim still had chicken residue in his hair. Uh <laughs> The police were called. He's like, hey, this crazy woman is beating me with chicken. The police swarm. I guess the officers went inside the house. She was still holding the chicken. <laughs> Resisted arrest. They grabbed her, pulled her outside. Drop the chicken. <laughs> you just hear them. <laughs> uh, she was arrested on assault charges, and uh, turns out she's assaulted him in the past. Even though they've been together for twelve years, she assaulted him a couple years ago. But I guess that what happened? You she's know, they, stepping it up now with the yeah, chicken. yeah, exactly. So uh, I I went to college about a half an hour from Eagle Lake. Oh, really? Yeah, and I've probably been at, at that bar. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, they my might goodness. have been over serving customers yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um but she did calm down once the police got her alone and they were able to pry the chicken out of her hand that's oh good my news. goodness I I'm, I'm like embarrassed to be from minnesota now and you know what <laughs> most people who send me these stories apologizing for the actual like like this happened in my town i'm really embarrassed it happens all the time but you know what let's go far away that I don't think any of our listeners live. This is just a story about a couple of individuals in an Israeli airport. That's right. In Tel Aviv, 
They um, have you ever flown Ryanair? I never it's, have. I've seen it, the planes. It's like a European airline, yeah. um, but it's it's kind of like Southwest with that whole cattle yeah. call kind of idea, charge you for a seatbelt kind of thing. Right. Um, but it's like not as sophisticated as 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 a seems to me. I, I've flown them once, and and it doesn't seem as organized as Southwest, if you can believe that. Okay, so this couple. <laughs> They go to check in for their flight at the international airport in Tel Aviv and they're flying to Brussels. Okay. And they get up to the ticket counter and they've got a, they've got a baby. I'm assuming the baby is in a car seat or something. So they get there and they go to check in for the flight and they're like, your baby doesn't have a ticket. So I guess on Ryanair, the babies don't fly for free. So I'm learning as I'm reading the story earlier. Uh, It's a 25 euro (gasps) fee for a baby. Okay. Well, they didn't buy that. And they were like, did you hear about this? Go, 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 go. Their flight is leaving. We've got to go. We got to go. Check us in. Check us in. You can't go because your baby doesn't have a ticket. Well, they decide to run to their flight Anyway, leaving the baby at the check-in counter. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jamie, I saw this uh, online someplace, but I didn't see the details of it. I just saw that the the couple left and the the baby was left. Who would do that? Okay. You know, I have two schools of thought. Is these people are trying to abandon their child. They need to make their flight. They want to go to Brussels and they're like, screw it, just drop it and run. And then, and then I was like, they should, they should go to jail. They should be arrested. They should lose their child. And then the other part of me that is a parent kicked in and And that is, Oh my God, we are late for our flight. We need to freaking go. And the husband runs thinking the wife has the baby and the wife runs thinking the husband has the baby. Then they get all the way to the flight Oh God. And nobody has the baby. Where's the baby? <laughs> Cause I mean, I would never do something like that as a parent, but some people might. <laughs> well, and, and see, see, that's where, where two brains are so much better than one, because I just assume that they intentionally left the child and that's maybe not the case. Maybe I'm well, being judgmental. They, they did get the baby back. Um, so it must not have been as abandoning as I think, but the headline is fantastic. And that's yes. the part that you click on couple leave ticketless baby at Israeli airport check-in. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Probably what happened is they freaked out and forgot the baby, but it looks like they abandoned it and CNN covered it that way. Apparently. There you go. So, there you there go. You go. <laughs> All right. Final story. We're going to go to Michigan. Oh, poor Mason. Mason Stonehouse is a six-year-old boy. And uh, apparently he's an avid reader. Very clever. And uh, mom was out at the movies. And dad was home with the kid. Well, it's getting about bedtime. And Keith Stonehouse says, all right, Mason, I'll give you my phone if you just lay down in your room. And so he hands Mason his phone and little Mason is up in his room and Keith is downstairs and the doorbell rings and he, he looks out the window, the, the little peephole and there's nobody there. Well, that's weird. They yeah. thinks that, you know, yeah, very weird. But somebody rang the doorbell and ran off, you know, 
and then the doorbell rang again and he goes and he looks out and there's, there's nobody there. Okay. Well, comes back in the doorbell gets rung again and there's nobody there. And finally he's like, that's it. And he opens the door and he looks down and there is a smorgasbord of food from DoorDash <laughs> that has been left on his front stoop. Go Mason. The food continued <laughs> to come. And the reason he actually figured this out was because he got an alert saying that your credit card has been stolen because somebody spent $436 at Happy's Pizza and Chase Bank sent him a fraud alert because I guess at this point he had the phone back. Yeah. And he, like all of a sudden there's a fraud alert, boop, 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 you know, Chase Bank's fraud alert, uh, $439 order. And at this time, all of the food is kind of happening all at the same time. Uh, there's a $138 order of jumbo shrimp that is sitting <laughs> at the front stoop. <laughs> so oh. turns out Mason mm -hmm. had dad's phone upstairs and did one $1,000 worth oh, of DoorDash ordering. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Using the Grubhub app on the phone. Apparently, Keith ordered dinner through Grubhub, so it was probably still open on the phone. The son took the phone, and then, oh, it says here he hid in the basement and proceeded to order his feast. Okay. They're saying he didn't really grasp the concept uh, at first, but he actually said, is my pizza here? <laughs> So he knew what he was doing. He knew monster. what he was doing. He said he's a very good reader. And they've tried. I mean, I can't even continue to read the things because they took, they went to his piggy bank and they like took all his money and they were like, you have $150 in his piggy bank. I'm keeping this. You're going to pay for this. You've done such a terrible thing. And he's like, oh, there's a penny on the floor. I'm just going to start over. Like what a little brat. <laughs> oh, I hope Keith was hungry. So here's the thing. Keith said most of the food went into the family's refrigerator. He also said he invited a ton of neighbors over to eat it. So he ended up having like a late night house party and ended up handing out the food. Now, apparently Grubhub is thinking of using their family for advertising and oh, because it's gone so viral, the parents said it's like something out of a Saturday Night Live skit that's going on right now. And they're getting famous for this craziness that their son did. Now, my son, when he was probably three, we, we were at the zoo. And I, I was just, I'm trying to like buy tickets or something. And I was trying to entertain him and I'd hand him a phone. And then I checked my email later on and I had, um, the two or three hundred dollars worth of of barbecue food that I had purchased, but like I bought I bought two two or three hundred dollars worth of barbecue coupons from Groupon. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm I don't, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat meat. Yeah. I didn't buy three hundred dollars worth of barbecue from Groupon, so I had to call Groupon. And I was like, oh, I need some help. My son ended up buying a bunch of Groupons. He's three. And they were like, happens all the time. And refunded my money instantaneously. Well, that and was it, nice. Yeah. And then told me how to password protect the app. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, can you imagine, though, Mason's mom coming home from the movies? All the neighbors are over. The lights are on. Everybody's <laughs> eating. <laughs> you have one job. <laughs> Look after the kid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. my goodness. What was yeah. going through her mind? Oh my gosh, I can't leave you. It's like the one time, it was morning, Lucas was like two, and Chad's like, you know what? I got this. You go ahead and sleep in. You deserve a break. I'll take care of the kid this morning. And like 10 minutes later, I hear a knock on my bedroom door. Uh, (laughs) I I need your help. I was like, what? Well, I finally get to sleep. He's like, hmm. We need to go to the hospital. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, decide to wrestle, and somebody hits their head on the coffee table and splits their above their eyebrow open, and now there's blood everywhere, and I've got to take my kid to the hospital. And it was like, oh, yeah, I got ten it. Minutes. Ten, ten minutes. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. It's like how <laughs> I, I just know this how this wife felt. Like I gave you one job, but to watch a kid for one night, second, go freaking movie, and what happens? We and of course. They can't get a refund. Like this is no, food no. that has been ordered. I and do, delivered. Yeah, I do think I read somewhere that Groupon or something, or not Groupon, uh, Grubhub. Grubhub gave yeah. them a gift card for future orders. <laughs> <laughs> but he had to pay that thousand dollars, little jerk. And it'd be like one thing if he didn't know what he was doing, but apparently coming down and asking, is my pizza here yet? Yeah, he knew. He, he knew, knew exactly what Probably he didn't make the connection to the thousand dollars or yeah. understand that, but yeah. but he knew what he was doing. That kid knew what he was doing. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for sending me the weird news. Again, if you see a story and you think it's weird, email it to jimmy at horseradionetwork.com and uh, just put weird news in the subject line. Lisa, thank you so much for being here today. You are so welcome. What did you learn today? Oh, I learned um, not to hand my phone to a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> that knows how to read. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, That's what I learned. <laughs> we learned a little bit about Newfoundland ponies. And um, <laughs> I have a little too much compassion for parents with the whole, uh, they, they left their baby at the checkout line. And then, they, I mean, aside from the, the kid ordering the food, man, I mean, you're grounded for life. Oh, exactly. For life. Exactly. Exactly. I also learned, Jamie, that I am going to be expecting a box full of breeches coming to my place. Oh, no. Yay. It's a yeah. dangerous game. It's a, You're going to do next, next time you fill in. I'm not doing that ad. Cost you Friday. Money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. Uh, Lisa will be back with me on Friday. And well, don't forget to send your uh, your ads in to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. We have some new prizes. And off the top of my head, I don't know what they are, but it could be a check from $1 million from Ooh. Glenn. So there's that. All right, everybody, have a great weekend or great day. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. My arm hurts. I'm on medication. <laughs> All right, everybody, spay, neuter, gal. See you Friday.